Hey guys, book club this week. I love my book club. I'm going to start reading. Are you? Yeah, now that I can see, I'm going to start reading. May I recommend our book club book? It was amazing. Oh, that's that girl that uh, I've seen. I've seen her at our yeah, house. Yeah, she's my friend. Yeah, it's yeah. Kristen, my new friend. That book really, really fucked you up. Why did it fuck me up? It did not. It was been, a really you've been good book. Really into that book. I've been really into this book. It's like yeah. a great. Oh yeah, I know. That's how you're supposed to be. That's what I'm talking about. It's a great book. It's called "It Takes Two Minutes to Shift Your Mindset and Build Resilience." And Kristen, who's been uh, a guest multiple times now with Jocelyn, wrote this book. She's a therapist, and she. What I like about this book, we talk about this on the book club, is that she breaks like her philosophies and ideas down into like one page. So it's really digestible, easy to read. And Kirsten, not to be confused with Kristen, Kirsten and Kathy and I discuss her book. Um, oh, really? We do. This this episode is our book club about this book. Um, it was a great read. Why don't you guys do my book? Do you want us to do your book? Yeah. You know how many times I read your book before it was published? Okay. We could do your book. No, go ahead. We could book club your book and then talk total trash about you. Would that be okay? No. Keep going about Kristen's book. Anyway, I thought her book was great. It was one of the best. um, I don't even know if you'd call it a self-help book. More like self-awareness book. Yeah. I've read in a long time. So That's great. Take a listen to the podcast. If you've read the book, you'll be... Uh, part of the book club uh, by listening. And if not, maybe pick this book up because seriously, it it each chapter is one page, just one page. Anybody can read one page at a time. It's really great book. That's so, great. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So thanks for coming back every week. Uh, check out my Facebook page. I have some groups on there for um, all different types of subjects like parenting and uh, fertility and depression. So jump on a group and have a chat. And uh, thanks for... Go to her YouTube channel where it's a three camera, four camera shoot. Yeah. Check out her Instagram where she posts a lot of these things onto her stories. Although I find that maybe I would rather me maybe see more of your personal life in your stories, but that's kind of cool. Then there are mini books. Then Kristen's mini books. I no, post I like, them on my like, stories I like, too. I, I don't think you know how to use stories yet. Well, no, I just started. Yeah. And you know, I don't I don't think my life is in, as interesting as you think your life is You're interesting. Married to the number one celebrity comedian in the country. So modest as well. Very modest. I'm gonna start calling myself a celebrity comedian. Are uh, are you? Yeah. Why do joke. only celebrities laugh no, at you? No, no, because I'm not, because I look at like the list of comedians when they when they put up, you know, like if if like the Super Bowl was like and we have the ten greatest comedians in the world here, they'd be like Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, like all these guys that don't do stand up. Right. But they are comedians. They're obviously yeah. comedians. They're comic but actors. They're like celebrity and... comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Dave Foley, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kathy, Kathy Griffin does this. She wouldn't be definitely brought up at the Super Bowl. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. But no, but uh, but it, it's, uh, it's a way of rebranding myself so that I can. Look, no one wants to hear me talk about. You go if you want to listen to more, to more of these thoughts. Listen to my intros. Bertantics, some Bertantics. <laughs> it's Bertant. Uh, uh, Bertravings, 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 Bertantrums, 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 Bertantrums. Okay. Are you throwing a Bertantrum? Ah, no. At our house, we call it Martyr Man. And it has a theme song. And my daughters are fucking picking on me hard as fuck right now. Or what do we call it? Martyr Man. 
smarter man. Who's going to be the smarter man? That's what we sing when dad's being a martyr. We should make that as a ringtone. So when you're in a fight with your husband, you can just go hit the phone. Martyr man. Martyr. No, let's do it. Let's do a clean version so so we can, someone can isolate this for us. Ready? ready? Martyr man. Martyr man. Who's going to be the smarter man? <laughs> and then we and then when the girls are being uh victims we've got vic vic victim victoria victoria vic vic vic, vic victoria. victoria yep all right anyway get to this episode yes because it's a good one so i hope you enjoy our book club about it takes two minutes to shift your mindset and mindset blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, so enjoy this book club of It Takes Two Minutes to Shift Your Mindset and Build Resilience with Kathy and Kirsten. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. I roller skated to your door at daylight. It almost seems like you're avoiding me. you guys i missed you too, I missed you too. Yeah, it's been it's a nice long to... time i feel like it, since we've seen you yeah, yeah. forever yeah. i mean uh i see you guys pretty often yeah. it just hit me all of a sudden i've missed you guys yeah. nice to see you i think that the yeah. summer is challenging yeah. for that reason like that for me i realized oh i haven't really interacted with adults right <laughs> in a long time like other than richard so he arrives and it's like i'm like garfield and i pounce on him like <laughs> At the end of the day. So this is what we did. You know, and and normally I'm not aggressive like that, but I think it's because I'm usually in contact with right. adults. <laughs> or, or at least alone, you know. Yes. Even if yeah. you're not yeah. in contact, you're by yourself, so you're in your own adult world. <sighs> yeah. And to have kids all day, every day. Although I have to say, I have I mean, obviously, I've really enjoyed summer so far. But something has shifted this summer. I don't know if it's because we immediately went on a trip and came home. I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, my kids are being very helpful. Like, I want to feel their forehead and see if they're feverish or something, because I don't understand what's happening. This, I sat down with them a couple days ago and was like, you know, here's, some, here's something I want you to learn this summer. This summer, once a week, you're each in charge of dinner one night. So you got to figure out what you're going to cook, make the shopping list, go to. I'll go with you if you need me to, but you can go by yourself and shop. And then you're going to cook dinner and I'll help you in any capacity you need. But you need to be in charge. Georgia jumped on it. And Isla keeps going, I don't know what to cook. I don't know what to cook. So she's clearly thinking about it. She's It's on her mind and I'm not having to remind her. And then they're doing stuff like, like putting their dishes in the dishwasher, which I've been asking them to do since birth. <laughs> and finally at age 15, it's like, oh, why am I sitting it in the sink? Hey, better just, late than never. And right? 15 is actually pretty young. Pretty yeah, young. I, I haven't quite made that one yet, though. Yeah, but. but they're like picking stuff up and putting away shoes and stuff I've been harping about 
for years. I don't know if it's just we're in a honeymoon phase because we just got back in town. And we're just waiting. I don't know, but if they could talk to my yeah. children, that'd be great. Well, we have not been on a trip yet this summer, and my kids both cleaned out their closets. And for context, Vivian's closet, like I used to be on top of this. I, think I saw your picture. Actually, oh yeah, I, I think I posted. Yeah. It Wait, on what Instagram. picture? Yeah. I think I posted a picture on Instagram oh. of how atrocious her closet was. It was literally like in a movie when you open the closet and everything <laughs> collapses on you. Like I, I would like tell the them, it's like don't open closet. Vivian's closet because I was worried that somebody or like one of the animals would get trapped through <laughs> <laughs> the rubble, trapped, <laughs> be like an earthquake or something. <laughs> and um, she decided that she wanted to have um. A club room in her closet, like oh, it's, it's sort of you know walk-in closet. And um, I said, "Well, there's going to have to be a lot that happens in order for you to even set foot into the club room." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, it wasn't just that you couldn't see the floor or step onto the floor. It was literally stacked so high. Oh my god! And you both know my daughter, and she moves at a very slow pace (laughs) yes and so generally when i say you need to clean your room it's like she's picked up three things and it's been two hours and you're like what's happening in here and so it requires a lot of parental involvement and so i i mean i rolled up my sleeves and was like you know what there's no way this closet is going to clean itself and um there's no way that she can handle it alone so i will do it with you but you have to help me and she she did i mean we did it in a day and it is, I mean, done, done, done. Like, not only can you see the closet, she's set up an entire nest of pillows and blankets Aww, awesome. and everything. And she goes in there and Does goes on stuff. YouTube. <laughs> nests. Um, yeah, nests. Exactly. <laughs> Hunkers down. But it is fully clean. And she, I mean, she gave up a ton of stuff. Like, we donated a ton of stuff, threw out a bunch of stuff, recycled, all that. So, I don't know. It's Maybe it's... I mean, it's not even the same age. Like, I don't know. She's never done that before. And then Camille was motivated and she was like, oh yeah, I'm on this. And then she just did it herself and made a club room. <laughs> in her closet too? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Georgia yeah. just cleaned out her bathroom underneath her bathroom vanity yesterday. She was like, there were so many expired products under there. I just tossed them. I was like, good deal. That's good. It's amazing now. I can see everything. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> who's been saying that for years finally but she just i didn't even she just decided that's what she wanted to do same thing she didn't make a clubhouse in her (laughs) that might be tight that would be disturbing a clubhouse (laughs) under the sink disturbing is better yeah it would be very disturbing all of a sudden oh where's georgia under the sink (laughs) in the bathroom (laughs) under the bottom shelf time to call the therapist Dr. Nicely got another problem. That's fine. Anyway, um, well, I'm enjoying summer. I feel like summer is flying already, and I'm not ready for 10th and 8th grade. I'm not ready. I'm yeah. not ready. And I'm not ready for middle school and high school. No. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's it's right. your first Big year middle transition school. transition for high both school of them. For, yeah. yeah. Wow, that is true. It's transitional year for both. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it's scary. The Vivian's <laughs> going to the same year. middle school Camille went to. Yes. So you're familiar with that. Yes. Well, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, but she's not. So No, yeah, but, but at least yeah. mom can help yeah, navigate. exactly. Uh, the it's, high school yeah, is brand easier new. for you. But. At least I know the drive to, <laughs> to drop off. <laughs> you know, the commute. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the teachers and yeah. 
you kind of know they're yeah i know the principal and yeah Yeah. i know i know the deal yeah yeah well my con artist child Mm -hmm. i got her report card in the mail uh she had two b's and five a's she has seven classes which i was very proud of great because uh her last report card had quite a few more uh c's uh like a lot of C's. And I had explained to her, you know, if you want to go to this private school like your sister goes to, you've got to have A's and B's. Like, B's are fine, but you got to have A's and B's. I mean, you should have an A in PE. And you should have an A in your book. And you should have an A in your learning center class, which is your study hall class. I mean, minimum. If you have B's and everything else, cool. But you got to get it. If someone looks at your thing and you go, you got a B in your book? You have to try to get a B in your book, I would think. You'd have to take some effort, right? So um, she shifted somehow that currency made sense to her, where she went, oh, if I want to go to school with Georgia, then I have to have A's and B's. And she freaking pulled it off with maybe 10% more effort than she was doing before. That's so annoying. It makes me so mad. Oh God, <laughs> right? Like 10%. You're like 10%. You could have done this all year long. Yeah. Ugh, but at least so she figured it out in middle school, though. Yeah. Yes, that's true. We And when I got a report card, I sat down with her and obviously told her how proud I was and all this stuff. And I was like, how much more effort do you think it took for you to get that? And she went, oh, nothing. <laughs> she said, "What it, the effort it took was me paying attention. She was <laughs> like, I just chose to be lazy. I prefer to be lazy. <laughs> I was like, well, at least you know that about yourself. I prefer to be lazy too, but you don't get anywhere in life being lazy. Like that's just not how life works. She's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand. And I said, you know, did you have any feeling that it made life easier for you to just stay on top of your stuff? She was like, yes, it made life totally easier. I get it. I was like, I'm not trying to say I told you so. I'm trying to use this as a moment for you to re for this to really for you to not have to start over in eighth grade. So for you to keep this lesson and we can start eighth grade with the knowledge that 10 percent more effort got you A's. That's what I want the takeaway to be. I said, I don't need you to have A's, but I knew you weren't a C student and you were acting like a C student. So. I don't need the A's. I need the effort the A got you, right? The effort that got you the A. She was like, I got it. Do we have to keep talking about this now? (laughs) (laughs) No, okay, we're done. (laughs) Fine. And then she came back later and she was like, do I have to do the learning center? I'd really like to drop zero period. Zero period means she has to be at school at 6.50 so that she can have her learning center class, which is compliant with her IEP and the yearbook. So she... Most kids that have an IEP and have the Learning Center don't have an elective like yearbook. They have just right. PE and Learning Center. And I made, I tried to make a deal with her with that, too, and she wasn't going for it. I was like, okay, we can drop the Learning Center, but if anything happens with your grades, we're increasing your after-school tutoring. She went, pass. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so you'd rather get up and be at school at 6.50 every day than become more independent and... Let the learning center go and know that your consequence, so to speak, would be you have more tutoring after. She's like, yeah, I think I think that's a pass. But I'll think about it for the summer. I was like, okay. There's that lazy bone. Lazy bone. I'd rather it just be forced on me 
than for me to have my own yeah, initiative. Yeah, but it's not, right? that's not necessarily lazy. That's just where her motivation comes from. I think that's yeah. like, you know, what we yeah. talked about with um, Gretchen Rubin's book with the, um, like, obliger or yeah. whatever yeah, that yeah. she's, she'd rather have it. Like, so a lot a of people. But most people, but she's probably a rebel that tips to obliger because most of the population is obligers and most people would rather have something forced on them. Like they'll go on a hike if a friend goes on a hike with them, Uh, but they're not going to exercise on their own volition. Um, So she, you know, it's, I can see that being more appealing going well, <laughs> well I she's have to go. also done it for a year yeah so like done. doing that same routine is not so bad but giving up your free time right seems yeah far more daunting than just going to school yeah. early yes uh, you you're know? probably right it's, it's about the free time she feels <laughs> yeah. that her after school time is so imposed upon because she has one tutor on monday and piano on thursday Right. How dare you? Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, right. there's nothing. Those two hours a week are really, really. Uh, you have no idea what I hear about piano. She loves it the minute the woman shows up and she plays piano all week, all the time, day and night, constantly. She clearly loves the piano. Can't keep her off the piano. And then every other week, the art tutor comes and she has uh, the tutor, the educational tutor and the art tutor back to back, death. <laughs> death and dying is happening in that moment well do you want to drop the tutor no 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 i'm learning a lot from the tutor do you want to drop the art tutor no you want to quit piano no then stop complaining <laughs> so at the end of the year she started going you know <laughs> she's such a carn artist you go oh, yeah it's so hard to just get out of school and just go right into something her voice would shake like this. <laughs> you know a milkshake from Jack in the Box would make it feel so much better. Oh. <laughs> How about we just we just swing by Starbucks and just get like a hibiscus fresher refresher? I think that would make me this go a lot more smoothly. <laughs> I was like, you are such a fucking con artist. So I started showing up with something like right after school because her she gets out at three. She by the time she gets the car, it's three fifteen, and her. Her piano tutor comes at 3.30, and that is just not enough time. She needs it to be at 4, and the tutor can't, she can't come at 4. So she has to come at 3.30, or she comes at, like, dinner time. You know, that's our two options. And I'm dealing with softball at dinner time, so I have to have it at 3.30. And so I started showing up on Thursdays with something in the car, and she was like, yeah, yeah, this this is, yeah, this makes it a lot better. <laughs> and then inside my soul, I'm going, yeah, but it's just one more thing for me to have to do for you to have something amazing. Right. I'm bribing you uh, right? to do something super awesome that you actually love. That you love. How is this healthy? It's not healthy. It's terrible. But at the same time, it is really nice to show up and have her go, oh, mom gets me. You know, it's mom yeah. gets me. Mom understands that I need this kind of motivation. Yeah. And it's turning yeah, yeah. it into like a celebration. Like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. On Thursdays, we get Starbucks and I get to do art. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It is. She's such a turkey. <laughs> anyway, this is supposed to be about book club, but I wanted to chat a minute. Yeah. We hadn't chatted in a minute. I feel like my podcasts lately have been like getting down to business. I've had a lot of, um, a lot with this woman, with Kristen and Jocelyn, and we're like, they want to get into it. So I haven't had any like laid back chit chat talk about nothing which is i think what i like to do best of all <laughs> not really i like both but. but anyway we were talking today about it takes two minutes to shift your mindset and build resilience here's the book but it's on my website 
So you can uh, click the link to buy the book. Uh, Kristen is a therapist and she worked with cancer patients for years about uh, helping them build resilience through their cancer treatment and helping them obviously deal with the treatments and the emotions that come along with with cancer. And during that, she started researching resilience in general and just kind of did a deep dive into resilience and came up with this book. And I thought it was a really good book. What did you guys think about it? I love it. You did? Yeah. I actually, you know what? I haven't read the entire thing. Uh-huh. Um, I've just been reading like the, the page as we go along. So I didn't, I know that you had said you had read the entire thing first and then started it. Um, I haven't done that yet. So, but it's really, I think it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I really like everything that I've been reading so far, mm-hmm. like each little activity, but as a whole, I realized I didn't actually read the entire book. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you're fired. Okay. You, you, you can go sit in the living room until we're finished. Got it. We'll flog you later. No, I, I love it so much. I think that what I've said on this podcast before about any of these um, self-help books, one thing that really frustrates me is um, just when it's really dense reading and then by the end of it, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, that could have been a pamphlet. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Where is the pamphlet version? I want the Cliff's Notes because then I could actually do the steps and, you know, um, and I'm not going to reread this dense book. And this is what I wanted in that kind of a book where it's just every page is its own chapter. It's a pamphlet. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. And with exactly actionable things. So uh, what I've been doing with my family, I don't know if this is how you've been doing it, Kathy, but at um, dinner time reading a page to them. I'm not going to lie. It has not been smooth sailing with my family. Yeah, they're, yep, I agree. <laughs> they're so irritable that, and even Richard was, like, they're just making fun of me like, oh yeah, well, in yeah. making fun of the lingo. And I've changed the lingo often to make it less mm-hmm. clinical and to be like, oh, we had a crappy day or right, something, right. you know, yeah, yeah. and um, or I'll throw in one of their friends something some transgression that one of their friends had done and a different way to reframe it. And then they're joking about like, oh, my friend made it into the book. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dorks. Yeah. And so last night I was like, just pissy about it. (laughs) I was walking into here and I wanted to like talk about these great conversations I'd had with my family. Those have not happened. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Great conversation. I totally agree, yes. But you know, here's what happened for me in one instance only. I started the book reading it aloud and totally got made fun of by all three other people I live with. And uh, like the the first one I read was like one the one about being your superpower. What's your superpower? And Isla was like, I like potatoes. And I went, that's not a superpower. Yeah. And then it, of course, went from there. Well, I like eggs. <laughs> well, my favorite thing is uh, cigars. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what it's saying. It's saying, what are you really good at? Like, are you really compassionate? Are you really, are you really smart? What is it that's your superpower? And I could not get them to answer it. And I stopped there. But we, Georgia had had, I explained this to Kristen on a podcast with her, which this was really helpful. Um, Right after Georgia softball season ended, she had a full-blown meltdown, like massive meltdown, panic attack in the middle of the night that woke her up. She came and got me, had a big panic attack, and then like the next day got in a huge argument with her dad 
about nothing, about bringing groceries in from the car. And she didn't want to do it. And he wanted her to do it. She's disrespecting him. And and it just exploded. And I was, I, as the observer went, this is not about this. My daughter is coming, is decompressing from playing softball from October till May, five or six days a week. And it's over and she's coming, she's decompressing. This is totally fine. What's happening here is not really what's happening here. So I go in her room and talk her down and get her all, you know, like, this is okay. This is what's really going on, I think. And cry all you need to and stay in your room as long as you need to. You're good. I'll take care of your dad. And I did. And it was all fine. But the next day we were at the orthodontist and I was reading this book to myself since I'm tired of being made fun of. And there was a the the chapter about um, reject positive thinking, right? Where you're supposed to, where your negative emotions are an indicator that something's going on here, that it's something more is happening here. And I just very quietly in the waiting room handed her the chapter and said, would you please read this? She read it to herself and she turned to me and went, that's very interesting. That is really interesting. And I went, isn't it? Anything you want to talk about it? She went, nope, but that's really interesting. So I told Kristen that story and she said, you know what? That is interesting because there was no eye contact. You were side by side. You allowed her to process mm-hmm. that information privately. So this may be too vulnerable for your family to do as a family. That may be how you have to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone else I had, I don't even remember who it was, um, I had told that story to and they were like, yeah, I had already decided. My family would never go for that. <laughs> so we're just book clubbing it as a family. So I bought four copies. Dad's reading mm-hmm. one. I'm reading one. And the brother, sister are reading. And we have a date. And we're all going to sit down and book club about it. But I was like, that's a good idea, too. It's a great idea. Maybe it is just too much to process that publicly, so to speak, mm-hmm. even though it's just with your family. Um, yeah. That's so funny that you say that. So mm-hmm. I knew. So Max is super self-aware, but... It's like these little tiny blips. And when you catch him, he's amazing. Yeah. But if he's not there, it is terrible. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So I, I have one of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I had said, listen, guys, I prepped this. I was like, I have to do this for a podcast. So I need your help. We are going to do this and I have to talk about it. So you need to be on board. Uh-oh. hoping that yeah, it would yeah, work. Yeah. Um, and it worked a little bit. Although the first night we did it, Max was such an asshole to his sister oh. who was vulnerable. And I was like, you're such a jerk. Oh my God, I want to wring your flipping neck. Um, so it sort of shut her down for a little bit. Yeah. So, And I haven't been doing it every day. I've been waiting and choosing my moments. Um, and I found actually for us that it works a little bit better. Like either Saturday or Sunday morning, I make breakfast. We all like hang out. And we talk about it there. But it's definitely been challenging. And I think a huge thing that would be helpful is to have them each do it individually for different reasons. Right. Like, I think there are certain chapters that are more relevant to each of my kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I read one, I'm like, oh, don't you remember this? And Mm -hmm. I can give an example. And Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's how I'm going to approach this book, too, now that I've read the whole book. Because you're right. Some of it. The, the kids don't wouldn't relate to right they would have no idea there's nothing because you know kids are so uh narcissistic in a healthy mm-hmm. way yeah it's just about their own experience and they they aren't really capable of going oh i get that my friend so-and-so just went through that and that's not how they work right yeah but i was amazed i didn't think georgia would read it 
But she did. And I, the way she reacted, I was really um, happy about. I thought, so oh, that's those good. moments. Like when you get that moment, you're mm-hmm. like, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Right. And honestly, you just can't pick those moments. Like they just happen. Yeah, I feel like yeah, you yeah. can't make it happen. Right. Which Even is as an adult, if part. you read a book like this and get one insight, like yeah. that mm-hmm. one that connected with Georgia, yeah. that's super yeah. valuable. So yeah. the fact that she got that one thing out of it. I've thought that maybe um, I should approach it in a different way and just like focus on one, find one of the pages that re- that I think would be resonant for both or for everyone in the family and to just sort of focus on that and like revisit that instead of just reading the page and yeah. immediately talking, reading yeah. it to them and then let, letting them all just sort of decompress for a few days and then just sort of circling back to that and going, you know, I was thinking about that and here's my example of how it came up. And then dropping it. Right. And then circling back in a couple of days. You know, I was thinking about that again and just sort of like dropping in that same lesson again and again Mm -hmm. um, to just sort of see how that sinks in for them. I don't know. Well, I feel like maybe I didn't explain the book before we jumped in. This book, like you said, each chapter is like a a thought and the thoughts are uh, something that, you know, you kind of need to work through. Uh, not everything not everyone needs to work through every chapter but there's a i think there's something in here for everybody there's something that everybody could use in each chapter the chapters are one page long and well you already said that but anyway Kristen and jocelyn who've been here a lot are developing this mcdermott method for kids which is really about having lots of small conversations instead of one big one Mm-hmm. that really change happens or growth happens in small increments like eating an elephant one bite at a time. You don't eat the whole elephant. You eat it one bite at a time. So what you're talking about is very much that theory is that you go, you know, yeah. Well, it's, what were you thinking about so-and-so and yeah. then dropping it and then coming back a couple days later? You know, I was thinking well, about what you were saying. It's like the sex ed talk, like in our, mm-hmm. pa- like in our generation, for the most part, it was one parent, usually the mom, sitting a child down and giving a little, <laughs> a short speech or, you know, this usually the same sex parent giving a little speech and then that's it. Right. And there's your sex education that's right, supposed to right. last a lifetime. <laughs> right, right. You know, and in reality, that's just, I mean, first of all, what do you grasp from that? You're like stressed out going, oh my God, we're talking about sex with my parents. So they're probably blanking on 90% of the conversation and they just hear like a couple of words here or there, a couple of ideas. And then they extrapolate from that. They could have an entire story that has nothing to do with the story Mm -hmm. that you told. So of course, like, you know, we're supposed to bring it up again and again and again and again and in different contexts because then they will hear it more. But, you know, the same thing with all of these things. Like uh, what I like about it is that each each chapter, it's like skill number one tell empowering stories about yourself. And then there's a little example about what, what does that exactly mean? And then there's a little, okay, what could, what stories do you tell? What stories do we tell about ourselves that shape our lives? Um, Finish this sentence. I am. I love that, that it's really like actionable on each. I also love that her description is really understandable. Mm-hmm. Like it's super easy to get. And I think the kids get it fairly easily as well. Yeah, it's yeah. very digestible. Yeah, yes. it's easy to take in. Yeah. I know they recommended uh, this book uh, 
Chris, uh, Kirst, uh, Kristen and Jocelyn recommended we read this book, Mindset. Mm-hmm. And I started it. And this is a book where I feel like it could be a pamphlet. Um, but this, her book, I do not, I feel it is a pamphlet after yeah. pamphlet mm-hmm. after pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> so right. it's all just super, it's it's the information you need and nothing extra. Nothing extra. Right, exactly. And it's, it's well written. It's yeah. well written. So it's it easy to read. Yeah. It's, I didn't, I never felt easy like, to read, oh easy God, to understand. painful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have some favorites? And it's engaging. Like yeah, it her, is very engaging. Her little yeah. stories are engaging. Like you, I don't know. It feels like you want to keep reading. Yeah, you do. It's all relatable. It was yeah. super easy to get through. There were, uh, I, I didn't have any like emotional, super big aha moments, maybe because I've been working on myself for so long. Mm-hmm. But um, but I could see where it, I mean, it, it kind of gave Georgia it, yeah. an aha moment. Mm-hmm. And that one I chapter, definitely think it could yeah. give people that aha moment. Yeah, for sure. You know, people who maybe are starting their journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. or trying to, you know, not to talk about mindset too much, but, you know, the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. This is a growth mindset book. This is a book where someone wants some path or some new way or new perspective of, of their life. And I think that you can do that if you read this mm-hmm. book and really are open to applying what she's saying and asking the question that she asks at the end of each chapter and really wanting the answer to that. It would be really helpful. Very healing. Yeah. And very growth oriented. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, I read the whole thing. I have been working through it at a snail's pace with my family. <laughs> but I feel like I could just focus on myself and go through it and do it as a therapeutic well, exercise. It's a good right. reminder. Like, it's yeah. a no, exactly. good, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's not an aha moment, mm-hmm. it is a good time to step back and be like oh yeah i should really consider this again or keep that in the forefront of my mind i agree and i think it does help the kids maybe if they're a little bit older Mm -hmm. to understand to not be so narcissistic to understand like you do actually have to have some sort of level of self-evaluation right you know like i actually did one with the kids this morning about uh how others perceive you Uh uh-huh and i was like you 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 know, Max, of course, was like, I don't care what people think about me. I was like, yeah, but that's bullshit. Like, yeah. one, I know that's not true. And it doesn't matter even if you don't care. Right. You have to be aware that other people do have a perception of you. That and that's it's part it, you of know? how you function in society. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, if people think, well, he's an asshole, they're less likely to do things to help you uh, right. in any capacity. But if that's their perception of you. Right. That's not very helpful. Right. And so, you actually don't want that. No. Like, that's not real. No. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's very, it, maybe it's tricky at this age. I don't know. I know right. this is kind of the age she's targeting, I think. Maybe. I, I don't know. Sure, I don't know. For this book, I don't know that this is the age she's targeting. I feel like it could but, be super helpful for them later on. Yes. for sure. When they're very or, young adults. Yeah. Right. Same with exactly. the wa- girl, wash your face. Where yes. I went, this could be really helpful if I were 20. Right. Mm-hmm. At 20, I could see where this would be helpful. Yes. And, Although I think that um, with Girl, Wash Your Face, I felt like, OK, I, this would have been helpful for me at 20. And I was shut down about it now at my advanced age. Yes. And um, whereas with this one, I did not feel shut down at no, all. I yeah, felt no, like, right. oh, I needed that reminder. Oh, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, or, I agree. Because um, even if it's stuff that you've already worked through, I mean, <sighs> You know, you can't be on like in your absolute best form 
24-7. And so there, are, there were a lot of reminders that I was like, oh, yeah. Like even things like, you know, accept support, um, which, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I know. <laughs> I got it, I got it, but I got then, it. And then like reading through it, you're like, it, it, it is a good reminder to like, if you've ever taken care of a loved one when they needed it, you know that it feels good to demonstrate how much you love someone. It also feels good to be needed and useful. Just taking as taking care of someone is an act of love. So too is allowing someone to take care of you. Yeah, that right. is one that I mean, I think a lot of moms can relate to because, you know, it's and hard struggle with. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. hard to ask for help. It's hard to accept help, even when people are offering it. And um, it it's good to shift that perspective and go, oh, yeah, well, I like helping my friends. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I like feeling needed. Um yeah, I, I like the give and take of that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of things in here that yeah. I wrote down. Uh, here's my list. <laughs> I love that it's on your orthodontist thing. I'm right, on my orthodontist <laughs> reminder. I know it's the only thing I had. I know I was on my work on brushing. Georgia has a reactivated wire and her next visit is next week. Perfect. I got it. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Th- I had 13 favorites. Wow. Of the whole book, which is kind of a lot. I think there's like how many? There's probably 50 or so. Yeah. 47. 47. Yeah. So that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, a lot of them were exactly that. They were reminders of deep beliefs that I have where I went, yes, I agree with that. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yes, I wish more people understood that. I yeah. wish my kids functioned more like that. Mm-hmm. I wish my husband would read this one. You know, I kept doing that. Another thing I thought about the book, the overall theme of the book, which I thought was really important, is that there all of this all that she was asking you to do or think about were things that were under your control. Mm-hmm. It was not about changing someone else. Yes. It was not about my boss needs to be nicer to me. My husband needs to be this or that. My kids are not. It was all yeah. about what can you do in this moment to help yourself feel better, act better, whatever it is, communicate better. That I really liked because I think a lot of people in life myself included from time to time, point the finger outward. And there's got to be a place where you go, Mm -hmm. even if it's 90%, my boss is an asshole. There's 10% in there that belongs to me. Yeah. So what is that? And how do I address that? And I think every single chapter was coming from that place of what is it what is under your control and what is something you can change that was literally the discussion we had last night it was about one of the chapters chapters, i think yeah Yeah, that is one of the chapters and um richard was being an asshole about it because he he was like (laughs) because i was putting things in everybody's terms like you know camille has had some problems with the friend you know just the usual friend problems in middle school this year and so i was saying you know okay well if you can't, you can't change that person, what can you change? How can you make yourself feel better? Can you listen to music? Can you, you know, watch a movie that makes you feel good or, you know, find different ways to feel good when you can't get that feeling from that person. And so I was putting it into Richard's corner and saying like, for example, the Phillies are losing (laughs) (laughs) and you can't change that circumstance. And he was being a jerk about it and, and going like, yeah, I can, I can, win a billion dollars and buy the Phillies and buy the best players that he was, you know, and I was like, this is not helpful. Right. Um, Yeah. But it it was a good one. I think, I mean, I hope that 
just like hearing about unloading the dishwasher a mm-hmm. hundred million times for years finally pays off at age 15. Right. Maybe hearing about yeah. these things for <laughs> years and years that we keep repeating the same things. Maybe at some point there will be payoff. It may be when they're 25 or oh, there will be whatever. Right. But yeah. I believe yeah. there will be. Yeah. And you know that um, she uh, the podcast I did with her and Jocelyn, she describes something that's in one of their mini books. I don't know if you guys have seen their mini books, but they've been putting out mini books about parenting on Instagram at McDermott Method is their handle or whatever for Instagram. And I've been reposting them in my stories. And they just did one about an emotional compass, a personal, personal compass. Uh, It's, um, oh, wait, hold on. No. I don't know if it's any of those. I can find it on my Instagram. <laughs> but, um, well, no, 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 no. I mean, like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's a, a little graph where she talks about the four components of emotional compass. And one is your thought. One is your behavior. One is your body. And one is your... Um, maybe your emotion. I don't know. But she was saying if you can... If you can make yourself feel better in one of those areas, it elevates the others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if like your your friend, if if Camille's having friend drama and the friend's making her feel like shit, what you were doing was right. You were saying, okay, let's elevate yourself somewhere else. And that makes everything else feel better. Like if you can make your body right. feel better by working out, mm-hmm. or if you can uh, listen to music that makes your emotions feel better, or if you can change your thought pattern about it somehow, then that elevates right. the rest of them. They all kind of go together. Same, and the opposite is true too. If you have one sinking, then the rest of them kind of sink at the same time. She was talking about that on the podcast um, about um, triggers. We just did one about triggers. Yeah, I'll be interested to listen to the podcasts mm-hmm. now. I deliberately did not listen to your podcast with them because I wanted to go in this fresh. That's like, very smart. And just yeah. get out of the book what I could get out of the book and see if I even liked it. Yeah. I was also, I'm I'm very like, um, I like full transparency. Like, I was like, okay, well, are these friends of Leanne's now? Like, am I supposed to like this book? <laughs> and I, it, made, it made me feel more resistant to liking the book How in funny. a way. Just not like... Not to be mean, but just to no, be no. like transparent, like not like, oh, we like this book because because a because, lot of the time yes, we talk, I understand. I mean, yeah, we tear books funny. apart when yeah, we yeah, do yeah. book club a lot of the time. Totally. And I was reading through this and I was like, I'm on board. Can't I'm on board. Like, <laughs> That's it. This emotional compass. Behavior, oh, yeah. thoughts, emotion, and body. It's those four. Behavior, thoughts, emotion, body. And all of that grows your inner wisdom. So the inner wisdom, I don't, when she was talking about the four components, she didn't talk about inner wisdom. I think that those four feed your inner wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, that's what she was talking about yesterday. Yeah. I just met Kristen. I did not know her from Adam. Uh, Jocelyn. to one of the podcast, like the very did. first one you did. Yeah. Jocelyn and I, I have been friends for 14 years. But not super close friends. We we're, 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 we're some of those friends that we don't see each other for two years. And then it's as if we never didn't see each mm-hmm. other. And then we don't see each other for another year. And then we just kind of pick. We've just always been like that. Mm-hmm. Really easy with each other. Um, and she's, I've always really liked her. It's just that we've just never been in the same circle, you know, mm-hmm. um, socially. So I was really glad when she asked me, you know, hey, my friend Chris and I are starting this 
business called the McDermott Method for Kids. Can we come talk about it? I was really happy. And then I was pleasantly surprised too, because who wants to read a book with the person you're podcasting and you go, that book sucked. Yeah, (laughs) It doesn't suck. I mean, I was so impressed and I was impressed with her as a person when I met her. But then, you know, sorry, Kristen, but I'm a little prejudiced against Southerners because I sometimes I think they're carved out of cream cheese. They're just no substance. It's just all cream cheese. And that is not true of Kristen. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always a little bit like, what's she about? I don't ever completely trust a Southern woman on first sight. (laughs) And she, uh, I trusted her. Full transparency. (laughs) No, right. But within five minutes, I was like, oh, okay. All right. She's actually someone I, I like. She's a genuine person. She, what you see is what you get. She, there's no hidden, you know, a lot of, not a lot of Southern women. There's a lot of Southern women I really like, but there is a fact of a faction in that community, in that culture, where they will just love you to your face and stab you the minute you turn around. And I don't like that. I don't trust that. I don't, that unnerves me. And that definitely is not what I felt from Kristen. I thought she was a very genuine person who was very passionate about resilience and about her career as a as a um, therapist and then when I read her book I was like oh okay she actually knows what's up yeah it's you very know. solid advice really yeah, yeah. it is solid it's very advice. solid and very but you know what else this is completely unrelated but it also made reading it a pleasant experience the photography is beautiful yeah the, it is there's, it's a great book yeah yes. so like there's a chapter with the you know the and then there's like a beautiful picture an image and they're all different um i mean it could be an animal or the outdoors or <laughs> what can I tell you? so i told my kids i was like we're not going to read this in order so each day we'll pick a page like just pick a page so of course lily the first day she picks the one page in the book that has two pictures on both sides <laughs> i was like are you kidding me and then they pick that page every single day <laughs> i was like you guys suck they are funny <laughs> that, this page this page right here is yeah, page 42 page yeah. 42 it just like, says wow. take care of yourself yeah oh good advice mom thanks uh, yeah. and can now we can we go outside we're now? Done. yeah now can, can we go to starbucks now? i'm gonna take yeah. care of myself by going to starbucks exactly. i need a, a refresher. refresher this was really rough um let's see i wrote down these that i really liked here's one that i feel like i need more of page 87 where are we it is called identify your rituals of spirit where you uh what feeds your soul when do you feel inspired and connected to something bigger than yourself where do you go for answers to the tough questions this is about really practicing prayer or meditation or some kind of spiritual ritual. I do not do that at all. I don't have any regular spiritual ritual at all. And I thought, wow, that's something that if I'm going, I learned a lot from this book, but that is one of the pages where I went, I don't do that at all in any capacity. I should maybe start thinking about doing that. Do you think I've done one thing to try? No, I haven't. But um, I'm, I'm, as, as I get older, as I've said a million times, I'm super curious. My curiosity with that page went, what would happen in my life if I did insert one spiritual piece that's regular? I don't go to church. I grew up going to church and I grew up meditating. So I grew up with those things. 
but I have left both those things behind. I don't like church. I don't like organized religion. I should say that. I actually like churches. I like the community and the people that belong there. I just don't like what the preacher's saying. <laughs> if they just erase the preacher, I'd be good. <laughs> I go, that's, oh, really? Someone put two of every animal on a boat and sail for 40 days. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you really going to ask me to buy that? I don't buy that. I understand the message of it, but we could find that message a different way. I bet you was something I could maybe believe. Sorry, all the Christian people who are listening, but I, you know, Noah's Ark's a stretch for me. So, um, but I wonder, my curiosity has been, how would it affect my life today if I really did insert a spiritual ritual. Do you guys do anything spiritually, ritualistically? Not on a, Well, I mean... Human sacrifice? Yes, <laughs> regularly. Um, no, but like more on a... I feel like it happens over the course of a year. Like we have ritual holidays that we celebrate oh, and whatnot. Right. Yeah, you're Jewish. But not so much on a weekly basis, right, right. which I grew up doing, yeah. which we have clearly left behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do have some very ritualized things. I mean, by following an organized religion, there is some very strict uh, or not so strict rituals. But yeah, definitely. we definitely have those and right. follow those. Right, right. Yeah. And do you feel that that uh, help feeds your, your soul or just feeds you? Because all of your rituals are food related. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Um, does it, no, it does not feed my soul. Okay. I, I'm, and maybe this is because I'm not actually Jewish and right. I do this because of my husband and my family. Right. So the connection I feel is about family and right. about per making sure that that happens. Mm -hmm. But I'm not personally attached to these rituals. I didn't grow up with them. Right. You know? Um, well, that's not what she's saying so, either. What she's saying is, where do you mm -hmm. go for answers? Where do you go right. to feed your soul? And I don't know that religion is where I would go to feed my soul. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I do. So it's not where I go to feed mine. Right. But I know it, it is where a lot of people, but I do have a lot of faith. Mm -hmm. I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. I believe that um, th things are, are out of my control and things are as they should be and that I have free will, that I can make my own decisions at the same time. But ultimately, there's something bigger going on here than me. Uh, and I, I do pray. I say the Lord's Prayer every single night. So I guess I do that. And I don't know why, because the Lord's Prayer, I guess it's just what I grew up saying regularly. I mean, mm -hmm. we had to say the Lord's Prayer every single day before school. So I, I don't know if that's just my easy go-to thing, but it is a really good prayer. You know, mm -hmm. it has a lot of very positive things in there about kind of surrendering to God and whatever. Do you have anything spiritual that you do on the reg? I, I meditate. You do? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that in terms of spiritual practices, it's really more like being with my animals and being outside. Yeah. Like, I feel that way too. Yeah. My animals are a super big connection to spirituality for yeah. me too. Um, does that make us pagan? <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we pagans? Uh, I don't know. All right, that's one of them. And then another one that I liked was um, Surrender with Intention. It's on page 29. Um, because when I was working with Scott, the word surrender came up a lot. And surrender doesn't mean quitting. 
she she explains it very well. Surrendering means like giving, knowing that you've done all you can do and giving over to that instead of saying, I, well, I just quit. That's not the same thing. Surrendering is like trusting to me, trusting your path and trusting your inner wisdom or trusting that God is taking care of you or whatever that is. And she, I think, explained that very well in this chapter about surrendering with intention, right? Your intention is not to give up. Your intention is to give it over to whatever. Accept. Yes, to accept. Cease resistance. To cease resistance. Aha, to cease resistance. That's a good way of putting that too. That's the definition. I love definitions. To cease resistance. That's good. Anybody else think anything about that chapter? I don't think I read that one actually. When people hear that, I'll read it to you. It's not familiar, so... When people hear the word surrender, they often think of giving up. However, there is a more powerful way to surrender that allows you to affirm your desire, but let go of trying to control the way it manifests. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that got me there. Surrendering with intention requires acknowledging that some things are outside of your control. And maybe that's okay. Maybe there are even forces outside of you that are better equipped to help you achieve your desires than you are. Or perhaps there's an outcome you've not considered. That could serve you better. From your vantage point today, you cannot see all that will unfold. You have no idea what small and unexpected detour will lead to a whole new experience. You cannot know the blessings that might arise from today's tragedy or the people who will enter your life at at serendipitous times. When you are so intent on fighting to get your way, you may fail to see the unexpected opportunities presented to you. You could be so tightly wound and beholden to your outcome that you cannot see the doors that are opening as other ones close. When you surrender with intention, you shift your energy from fight mode to possibility mode, and you often find unexpected gifts along your path. In this context, surrendering is not the end of the story, but the beginning of a new chapter of the story. You're opening the way for life to unfold in a manner you might not have chosen, but that might surprise and delight you. So how do you surrender with intention? Declare what you desire, verbally or in writing. Ask God or the universe or whatever you believe in to help you achieve it. And then be curious and open-minded about what shows up for you. Assume the best, look for the positive, and say yes as often as you can. Remember, life is lived in the journey, not the destination. When you loosen your focus on the outcome, you you open to the possibility of moment after moment of goodness. What have you been fighting to control that you could surrender with intention? This is basically what Scott was trying to get me to do when I was working with him, was to say what I want and then believe that it will happen and not put any parameters on the how, right? So when I started writing affirmations in my 20s, um, that's how he would have me write them. He wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, I want to be rich because that's a quantifying statement. I would say, I want to be financially secure. I want to not worry about money. I want to feel like I can send my kids to school without struggling. That's what I wrote in my intention. And then how we got there I don't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did, did I really care? No, but I kept saying, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. I want to be rich. I want to be rich because I'm 20 and that's how you think. I just want to be rich. <laughs> but rich is different for different people. Mm-hmm. And so what do you, what does rich give you? 
It gives you financial security. It gives you not having to worry. I don't want to be a burden on my children. I don't want my kids to have to worry about college. I don't want to have to be like me and have a Pell Grant and a student loan and work through college. Not that that's a bad thing, but that was what I wanted for myself was to be able to give that to me. That wasn't even a gift to my kids. That was a gift for me not to have to worry about that. That's one of the clear things. Obviously, that's not the only thing that I tried to affirm when I was 20, but that's the first that came to mind Mm -hmm. was I remember clearly going, oh, I just need to write what I want and not worry about the how. Like the how is a different issue. That's a different issue. But to change your mindset, you have to be clear about what you want, right? Mm -hmm. So that one really struck me because I went, how many times Scott said to me, you have to surrender, you have to surrender your plans. I find that happens a lot in Hollywood, too, where people get so focused on what they think they should be doing Mm -hmm. that they don't see opportunities all around them that could possibly make them even happier. You know, I came here to be an actress. And very shortly after I did that, I was so frustrated because I couldn't I wasn't getting any work that I started writing and the writing then became a new path. And then the writing led to another path. And then this led to another path. And then you're like, Oh, look, that's not where I started. I started out wanting to be an actress. I would never want to be an actress today. That's not who I am today. And it actually wasn't who I was then, but it was a path that brought me to another path that brought me to the right path. You know what I mean? So to be open for your paths to change is a kind of surrender to say, I surrender the old so I can see what the new brings, right? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That chapter really got me. Anything to say about that chapter? <laughs> As I'm on my soapbox about that chapter. Well, one thing in that chapter was something that's a whole other chapter state your desires out loud yeah just brought up i wrote that down too page 91 yeah and that that one really spoke to me because that is not something i do that was that's something that i need to reread and work on (laughs) that's good yeah um i don't do it as much as i should bert kreischer Mm -hmm. takes himself to lunch on his birthday every year and he writes down his goals for the year and every year I have known him, he's achieved those goals, almost all of them every year. And he, he's done it every year since I've met him. I don't know if he did it before me, but he writes them out. I want, I want, he wrote, I want to be on tour on a tour bus like a rock band. And he's on tour on a <laughs> tour bus like a rock band. Yeah, but see, writing it down is different than, but he also says it out loud, right? Like he says it out loud, oh, yeah. at least to you and to, he probably says it out loud to everybody. On the podcast, yeah. everywhere, yes. <laughs> which, yeah, which I think this is state your desires out loud. I write my lists and I accomplish right. things and I check but things off. the same thing. But it's yeah. not the same thing. I am very guarded about well, read acknowledging mm-hmm. wants and yeah. yeah. It's hard to put it out there. Yeah. You'll read this one out loud so we can discuss it and they can understand. State your desires out loud. We tend to hold our deepest desires close to our chest, never saying them out loud because we fear they will never come true. We hold all all sorts of limiting beliefs about our biggest desires. Oh, that cannot happen, we think, pushing our desires into deeper, darker seclusion. Too often then, our desires are moved to the back burner and then forgotten entirely. 
We forget that dreams are accomplished one baby step at a time and that the first step is admitting we have them. That is a huge, yeah, Mm -hmm. admitting we have them. We also forget that even abandoned dreams move us in the direction of new, more aligned dreams and taking a step toward any dream is moving in the right direction. Saying what you want takes courage. It can be frightening, yet saying what you want is a powerful step in opening possibilities. By the time you admit that you want something to someone else, the idea is ready to bloom. Even if you have no idea how to make it happen, there is power in putting the idea out into the light. When you can say, I have no idea how to make this happen, but I have to admit that I want it, you remind your brain that your own desires are important and worth pursuing. Beyond that, you give important information to others about how they can help you in making your dreams come true. You never know who might be the person to push you one step closer to getting what you want. The words you say determine the life you lead. Mm. Have the courage to desire a better life for yourself. Nurture those desires in your mind. And when you're ready, state those desires out loud and watch them take flight. And then it says, what do you want for yourself right now? That just, I I got a lot of work to do. (laughs) (laughs) So what can you do to work on that? What do you need to do to, to work on that? Do you need to... Uh... See, that reminds me, the the other one you were talking about where uh, you accept help, those are very similar in Ooh, my brain. Yeah. yeah, they are. And those are the two you said you were so, had the most trouble with. Yes, which so is I'll tell you one thing that gives me trouble about this. It's obviously from my upbringing and um, from very like... Um, <laughs> I'm Canadian, but um, like very British like um, upbringing um, of just you know, oh, you just, you just do your thing. Like you just quietly do your thing and be a good person and work hard and whatever, but you just quietly do your be thing. Be seen you, but not heard sort of. Yeah. Kind of that. And I have a friend who is the opposite of that and I do love her, but she drives me crazy because she is this. She says her desires out loud. She asks for everything. She constantly asks for help and like to a fault, right. all of these things to a fault that I think, who are you to to think that you deserve all this stuff? But I realize I'm really saying that to myself. Right. Like right. that. And then it. I'm jealous of that. I do think she pushes it too far. So yeah. that is my fear. My fear is being her is being the person who's just like me, me, me. I want it all. This is what I want. I deserve it all. I want it all. How can you help me? How can you help me? How can I network? I I need more help. I want more help. I want it all. And um, that is so repulsive to me that I don't do any of it. Right. And really, there's a beautiful middle ground. Yeah. And she needs a bit of me and I need a bit of her. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know. There's a lot in your statement right. I could t- say. Yeah. <laughs> One is that's a trigger for you. She's yeah. triggering you. Yeah. For something. For, 100%. Maybe you should figure out what it's triggering. Does it trigger uh, your own? This is going to sound harsh. Sorry. Does it trigger like your own lack of self-worth? Yeah, 100%. does it trigger your I yeah. don't deserve I don't I don't get that no totally because yeah. I think to her who are you to yeah. think you deserve really those things but yourself, it's really right. yeah mm-hmm. who are you to it's think that you deserve right any of these things yeah 100% isn't it amazing how every person on this planet has some deep seated <laughs> I hate myself about something uh-huh. I don't right. I don't know anybody who doesn't and so in saying that then we should normalize that, right? And say, Mm -hmm. well, if everybody has an I hate myself 
because dot, 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 then then maybe we can all give ourselves a break, you know, and go, well, that's just normal. And that's just my one piece that I need to work on. So it's like what she says in this book, negative emotions are great indicators. They go, hey, look here. Hey, look here. Um, that's where you need to grow. Um, that's really fascinating. Uh, Kirsten, I think that anybody that knows you would jump to help you because you're such okay. a giving, uh, genuine person. You are someone who is, is, I would love to help. If you asked me to do anything, I'd be like, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> what do you need? Let, tell me what you need. How can I help you make that happen? Every, I don't know anybody who would know you who would think differently. So it's so fascinating what goes on in right. our own it's little It's funny psyche. because you're so far on the opposite end of the spectrum. There's that, another person on the couch yeah. with you that said the same way. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Someone else that would yeah. never ask for, she'd cut her own arm off before she asked yeah. for help. So same, same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her mother got sick and I practically had to pin her down to the ground and go, let me take your children so you can go see your mother. Do you remember that? This past weekend. What'd you say? I'm going to tell you about this past weekend. What happened this weekend? No, I, this was one of those where like I needed my kid to get to, he needed to go to camp on Monday morning and Stephen and I were out of town, whatever. Where were you? We went away for, to you Santa did? Barbara for my birthday. Yeah. Well, that's oh, amazing. So, right. You so, tell a friend these things. Hi. We, yeah. Well, whatever. So a friend offered to bring Max to camp after she landed and got off a plane at midnight. She was going to get up very early, drive my son 20 minutes away to camp. And I could not. I was beside myself. I was like, we can't. She can't do it. Like, I'm not going to let that happen. So it was a whole thing. And it was so stupid. Like, she was like, I am so happy to do this for you. And I would have done it for her. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you're a pain in the ass. Kathy. Yeah, I know. You really so, are. Anyway. I mean, I love you, but that's a pain in the ass. I would have done it for you. I know you would have. Then why didn't you? And I didn't even know you were out of town. Because that's terrible. It is not terrible. It is terrible. And it would not be I'm terrible. Not. If I asked you to do that, you would t- you would say yes in a heartbeat. Of course. So then stop doing that. That makes me so angry. Oh, Leanne, but I out. relate to it so much. I, I don't give a shit that you two broken people relate to that. You're broken. You're Could you broken stop too. being broken? I'm broken in different ways. I asked for help in that way. There's other ways that I'm broken, you know? And I am totally broken. Are you kidding? I just described how broken I am that I get off a plane completely jet lagged, haven't slept for 25 hours, and Sandy shows up and spends 20 minutes telling me about her life before she even asked me about my trip. And in the middle of it, I go, oh, isn't that sweet? (laughs) She really missed me. That's really sweet to feel so loved. (laughs) Instead of most people going, are you fucking kidding me? I'm jet lagged. And then uh, yesterday I called her because Isla said something really sweet about her on the podcast. And I wanted to tell her because Sandy doesn't listen to podcasts. She's never listened to a single podcast. (laughs) So I knew she'd never hear this sweet thing. So I called her to tell her that. And she was like, you know, I started thinking in retrospect, it probably was pretty rude that I showed up with a, like right after you got off the plane. <laughs> I was like, no, it was fine. Everybody, and it was, everybody was really happy to see each other. It was totally fine. But it was one of those moments where I went, I, I did later think I must be really broken that I just, just allow other people their needs before mine. And I'll get mine and I know I'll get mine, but they are never first. 
not ever. They're not ever first. Um, and I'm not comfortable with them being first. Like you're not comfortable saying out loud, hey, mm-hmm. I need, I want to be a published author or whatever your want is. I'm uncomfortable saying that. I'm uncomfortable saying me before you. Right? But I can't ask for help, which well, is, I guess, in some way. stupid. Right? You don't live with Bert. <laughs> it's not always stupid to say you before me. <laughs> Sometimes it's a lot easier to say you before me. Self-preservation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. Sometimes that's really wise. Um, but yeah, that's Kathy Fromkin. You have been doing that to me for our entire friendship. Will you please stop and let me help you? When I need it, sure. Yeah, you are so nasty. I'm just going to start calling Stephen and saying, how can I help Kathy? Yeah, and he'll he has tell no me. problem taking help. He'll tell uh, me. He had this whole plan. I was like, this is a terrible plan. I'm revising. What was the plan? What was that his was plan? The plan? The plan was. Was to call me? No. Okay. The plan was to have Parisa get off a plane at midnight and then wake up and take my son to camp. So he, because he can't drive yet. I was like, yeah, that can't happen. That's terrible. But I would have been off She's a plane had, like, for three days. Terrible, emo- like weekend. She not did? Ter- not terrible. No, 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 no. Like just emotional, challenging, difficult. But like it was oh, fine. okay. But I was like, you're not. That's not okay. You can't ask someone to do that. Yeah. See, I would have done the exact same thing as right? you. I mean, that that's what I always do when I think about Richard says, well, why don't you just ask XYZ person to help? No. Well, this person has a, is incredibly busy at work right now. And I know that that's going to be her only time to decompress after work. And da, 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 da. this person is going to be getting off a plane at midnight. I, I would not ask that in a million well, years. I would have right. done that too in that circumstance. But you have another friend. Yeah, I know, but or you just two, came back from a trip too. Three days before. I was totally before. fine. For Monday? 25 hours of jet You know what I did Monday? Nothing. I did nothing. Well, then you should have driven my son to camp. But <laughs> you should have asked me. I didn't even know you were out of town. <laughs> I had no idea any of this was going on. <laughs> You're no longer my sidekick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, did we finish on what you need to ask for? Did we ever say out loud what you need to ask for? I need to work on that. <laughs> That's, we're not going to say what you need. I need to work on that. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see if there's another one. Oh, this one. Page 39. Lousy feeling uh, activity. Pinpoint the reasons you engage in lousy feeling activities. So I had a couple thoughts about this. Um, yeah, and, that's a good one. And not all of it. I wasn't completely in alignment with her about this one. So I'm going to read this one out loud, too. I hope this isn't boring to everyone who's listening. And now you won't need to read the book. <laughs> right? Um, skill number 16. Pinpoint the reasons you engage in lousy feeling activities. Oftentimes, we believe we have to do things. We have to go to work. We have to drive our kids around. We have to visit family for the holidays. However, the truth is that everything you do fulfills some need of yours, or you would not be doing it. There are very few things you actually have to do. You would not go to your lousy job if it did not fulfill your need to take care of your family. You would not drive your children around if doing so did not need meet your need to be a good parent. You would not visit family for the holidays if doing so did not satisfy your need to be a good son, daughter, or sibling. When you articulate, articulate the needs that are met by lousy feeling activities, you stop feeling like a victim and start feeling better about the choices you are making. More importantly, identifying the need an activity is meeting allows you to consider other better feeling ways to get that need met. 
For example, you might decide there are other ways to feel like a good member of your family that do not require traveling during the holidays. You could invite them to come to you for once. Uh, you could invite them to come to you for once or offer to visit during another time of the year. The point is that taking ownership of the reason you engage in lousy feeling activities by pinpointing the needs they are meeting allows you to reframe how you think about them in a more positive light and consider better options for getting your needs met. Your needs met. <laughs> What's the worst feeling activity you spend time on? What need is it meeting? And what is a better feeling way to get that need met? So the part of this I agree with is the reframing because some of it is a reframing. Like mm -hmm. when I read that book about the 888, you remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Eight hours for sleep, yeah. eight hours for work, eight hours for whatever I want. That reframed my day and it made a huge difference in how I reacted to carpool and homework and Girl Scouts and all these things mm -hmm. and walking dogs. It really reframed it. And reframing your job that you don't like um, is very powerful and helpful. The part I don't agree with sometimes is, uh, I think sometimes people in this country don't have a choice. They really don't yeah. have a choice. The book we're talking about yes. next, Miss yes. Pat. That's mm -hmm. the first thing that I thought of. Is yeah. a clear oh, example yeah. of someone who doesn't get the option of reframing the yeah. way that most, like most yeah. people would be able to so i think this this theory leaves out a certain part of our society that doesn't have a choice yeah although i think what she's saying is that even in the case of somebody who is like the next book that we're reading um that it's just that the ability to reframe and go i am doing this terrible thing because uh, it's meeting the need of i'm taking care of my family i'm taking care of my right, kids right, right. so i think it still is the, the ability to reframe that instead of feeling horrible about it i guess so but but i, I hear so. you yeah. i hear you though i feel like a lot of people feel that yeah. they're in a place where they can't reframe their life yeah. that's my point yeah. is that uh, how do you get I've been successfully able to reframe everything. That's how I have survived everything is that I go, well, it was just one night. You know, I just got date raped one night. Is my one night going to ruin my whole life? No, it's just one night. That's a reframing <laughs> where a lot of people who go through that trauma can't do that. And I don't know what it is that the can't makes the can't that yeah. what makes the can't. But there are some people who legitimately can't do that where they can't let go of that kind of deep emotional trauma mm -hmm. but i'm super lucky i'm reframing i'm like a pro you know oh look at her she showed up because she missed me so much on the day that i'm jet <laughs> yeah. lagged i didn't even ask me about my trip it's a perfect example of immediately reframing yeah. but not everybody i don't know i just don't know that this i want this to apply to everybody even the person that's selling drugs to take care of their family but they're still selling drugs you know what i mean right but i think I mean, not that we want to talk about this book, but I think she actually did reframe it. She I think did. you're having a harder time reframing it for her because her reframe was, no, well, no, I'm going to get them to do it too. And this is how we make it work. No, 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 no. Whereas, no, I get it for her specifically. Uh huh. No, no, I, I'm not trying to reframe it for Miss Pat. I'm trying to reframe it. I'm trying no. to think about, I don't know. I was just trying to pose. I was trying to be a listener I, who says, right. fuck you. You don't know about reframing. You don't work at the GM factory. And that's the only job I can get for 80 miles. And yes, I can reframe and say, well, at least I'm taking care of my family. But at the end of the day, my job fucking sucks and I hate it. And how do you 
help that person feel validated and and help them also reframe it, I guess. That's what I was trying to get at. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, but yeah. I think that I think that that's I think that that is the thing that it doesn't mean that the job is going to suck any less or right. that the options are going to be more plentiful, that it's just a matter of going, you know what? I am taking care of my family. Right. I'm taking care of my family, even though it's the only right. job to be had in and 80 miles. And it's still miles. a shitty job and I'm yeah. still doing the shitty thing. Yeah. Like the shitty thing doesn't change. Yeah. Like when you were reading it, like what I thought of actually was um, when I have to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I put it off for as long as possible. <laughs> I stretch it to 10 days if humanly possible. And I reframe it like I do it because I have to. Yeah. I do it because it makes her feel better. I, I, I'm i the good daughter, like all of that kind of stuff. Right. But it's a shitty thing that I don't enjoy that makes me frustrated and angry and I don't want to do it. But I'm not going to stop it right. either. Right. Like, And I put myself in the right frame of mind to actually make the phone call. Right. So I feel like I have reframed it. Right. I'm doing this because... I still have to. I need to. Right. I want to in some way because I want her to feel okay or supported or whatever. Yeah. Even though I still hate it. Yeah. And it still sucks and whatever. Yeah. I'm still going to continue to do it. Because you want to care you know? for her. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's part of the reframing. It doesn't make the bad situation go away. Right. You know. It just makes you able to cope with it better. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So maybe I was wrong. <laughs> totally fine. I can be wrong. Anything else come to mind for this book, ladies? Yeah. So I had a, an experience yesterday with, um, so I sew. <laughs> I I spend a lot of time sewing. I enjoy sewing. And um, I had my I made a summer bucket list with my kids and um, they really like scrunchies. And so I put on the summer bucket list, teach them to sew their own scrunchies. That's cool. On uh-huh. the machine. And um, Camille took me up on it yesterday and we, it was great. And we spent all day, she like made a little scrunchy factory, (laughs) (laughs) made a million of them. But um, it was her first time. I mean, she's sewn on a machine like one time before for like a project in like first or second grade or something where I basically set up everything and she sewed a straight line, like a series of straight lines, totally easy whatever, but she has not been on a sewing machine ever before other than that one time for like 20 minutes <laughs> in her life. And she's sewing these scrunchies and it's like with stretch fabric, which is, it's yeah, more, it's, um, yeah. it's harder. And it, there were, just, there were a lot of things. It's, they're smaller. So you have like, you have to get your fingers in. Like ideally you'd be like a little monkey with long <laughs> skinny fingers <laughs> and turn things inside out, whatever. So there are a lot of like little frustrating fiddly bits about it, even though it's a simple project. And, she was going, oh my God, I'm so terrible at this. I'm so terrible at sewing. I'm so terrible at sewing. And I was like, Camille, of course you are. Like, why would you be (laughs) good at it? You've never done it before. Right. She's like, well, I did it that one time in first grade. I said, first of all, that one time in first grade was for like 20 minutes and I did everything. I, you know, you just sewed a straight line. Right. Like that doesn't count. And second of all, like, it takes like, what do they say? 10,000 hours to become like a master at whatever, at anything. Yeah. At anything. I said, do you hear me swearing at the machine? Like all the time, I'm always yelling at my sewing machine because I'm always getting mad and frustrated. Things are going wrong all the time. And I'm pretty good at it. Like I, I sew my own wardrobe and yeah, like, really good at whatever. It. I said, 
it's hard. Like skills are hard. All skills are hard. You're not supposed to be. I said, if you knew how to do this right now, that would be freakish. Like that would be really weird because how could you? This is a machine. It's a computer. It's a computerized sewing machine <laughs> that you would be the Elton John of sewing. Yeah. yeah like, right? <laughs> that, it, it just makes no sense. Like you, right. you have to, mm-hmm. there's a process and whatever. This is the first time. And I said, and look it, you're, turning out things that you can actually wear now um wh- what is the problem but it, re- it reminded me of this this one skill number 44 believe believe in your ability to learn and oh, it talks that was, about that was my next one yes the, the fixed mindset versus a growth um, mindset and the difference it says one of the worst things we can do for our children is tell them that they are smart doing yeah. so makes them think that their success is due to an innate fixed trait and cannot be changed it makes them think that things should come easily to them the downside of this way of thinking is that when things get more difficult for them, they conclude that they are not smart enough or skilled enough or whatever, instead of trying harder. And so they give up. And that was exactly what this was. I said, yeah. honey, no, you don't tell yourself that. You say, I am learning. I am learning. Like, I, and um, what else is here? Like, instead of saying, you know, I'm not good at public speaking, which limits your potential. You say public speaking is a skill like any other. I've learned many skills in my life. I guess with proper coaching and practice, I could overcome my fear and learn this skill too. So I I was trying to like reframe the whole day to her every, but she kept going back to this. Oh my God, I'm terrible. I'm so bad at sewing. I'm so bad. I said, why are you telling yourself this? Right. It's not serving any purpose other than making you feel like crap. And of course you're bad at it. Yeah. We all are. I'm bad at it. And I've been doing it for years. Like just re, you know, reframe. So I spent all day going like when she's like, I'm terrible at sewing. Like you are learning, you are learning to sew and you're having success too. Look at these. You made things that you can wear, right? You're doing great. Um, but it was, it was just like a, you know, in action thing of, of believe in your ability to learn that I, I think it does. I think, no matter how much you think that you're in the growth mindset, even as an adult, I do that myself. Like, yeah. oh, I'm terrible at yeah. this. Or, yeah. oh, you know, and instead of just going, well, yeah, I this isn't one of, this isn't in my skill set. Of course, right. I'm not going to be excellent at it. Just, I'm not supposed to know right. how to do this off the bat. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was, I marked that one too as one I thought was really important too. That mm-hmm. fixed versus growth mindset is really fascinating in the mm-hmm. book that should be a pamphlet that I'm reading. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, it is true how you talk to yourself, the words you say to yourself, even the most subtle shift in words like, I can't do this mm-hmm. instead of I have a hard time doing this. How yes. different those two things make you feel. I can't yeah, do this. Yes. It's so final. Yeah. So that's right. another, there's another there's chapter another that's all like about that. that. Yeah. Is there? And, Let me yeah. Because we like talked about that the other day too. Second page or something yeah. like that. It's a, um, I think. Because it talks about out. like, yeah. um, I don't know. remember what we their example was, but my example was like, I've given up sugar um, for it's sort of in semi indefinitely. And I, um, and instead of saying, I can't have sugar and say, I don't have sugar because I yeah. don't is I choose not right, to have right, sugar right. because, yeah, it's a choice. Nobody right. told In me. My moment, doctor didn't tell choice. me. Yeah. I chose because I wanted to make this health choice. So instead, but and yet a lot of the time it's like, well, I can't have that. I can't have ice cream. I can't have this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. have my Starbucks that I want. It's punitive. It's, it feels. Punitive. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. Yeah. And it feels you feel like a victim 
like, oh, poor me. And it's just such a negative space to be in instead of like, I don't. I choose not yeah. to. Yeah. 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 That's very true. Those words, Bert, Bert and I had a long conversation yesterday about this. He was struggling with some thoughts. And um, a, another chapter in this book was about forgiving other people for your own sake, really. We talked about that a lot and about the words you say, because he kept, what was he saying yesterday? Um, I can't lose weight. I just can't lose weight. Mm. And I was like, well, no, let's change how you're saying that. How about I'm having a hard time losing weight? That's true. That's validating what's going on. But it's not the finality of I can't lose weight. Right. I can't meet, lose weight means you're losing no weight and it's impossible for you to ever lose weight. So maybe you should start talking to yourself differently. <laughs> he goes, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I said, why? He said, why do you always do that? And then I have to start thinking about it a different way. And I'm like, well, that's the point, right? That's the point. And then I, and because he said that to me, I said, let me explain to you this fixed versus growth mindset and how you are everyone's a not to jump ahead with this book but everyone's a combination no one is just one or the other there are places where you're fixed and there's places where you're growth right yeah and i'm like so this is a place where you're kind of fixed so but talk about bert's stand-up i could say to him this joke's not working the rhythm's not right i don't know what's i don't know what how to tell you to fix it but the rhythm's not right with this joke he never gets upset, never gets offended, never even stops and goes, okay, let me look at the rhythm of that joke. Let me try a couple more things on stage and he'll figure it out. And I went, that place, you're 100% growth. You never get offended mm. when I say something like that. But then when I say something like, um, you know, why didn't you t- pick up the kids? You think I've just said, you're a piece of shit dad. And I'm divorcing you, <laughs> which is not what I'm saying at all. It's such a fixed brain. And you have to figure out where you're fixed so yeah. you can open yourself up so that you can be less rigid. Yeah. I think it's about rigidity. And yeah. it's about glass half empty, yeah, victim, um, stubborn, maybe even fear. I wonder if fear yeah. is what's attached. Probably, yeah to that fixed mindset i can't lose weight there's also a little bit of comfort to the known whereas growth mindset it's unknown it's change which is always challenging even if it's positive right it's true yeah there's a positive fixed mindset too like the marathon he says i can run a marathon yeah he does he does have a positive fixed mindset oh you should hear what he's come up with now (laughs) he wants me and him alone to sail from the bahamas to miami (laughs) i have never sailed anything i have never sailed a toy boat in a swimming pool and he thinks that the two of us can sail from the bahamas to miami oh good lord and i keep saying i'm not doing that i'm not doing that i'm not He's like, but we can do it, Leanne. We can do anything. We can do anything we put our mind to. And I'm like, yeah. And we end up at the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle because we took a left at the yeah. wrong place. And I don't want to do it. That's my fixed mindset. I don't want to sail by myself with Bert Kreischer. From Maybe the he could do that with me. Sandy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They'll end up in Asia. I was going to say they'd be in Antarctica. Wait a minute. It's awfully cold in the Bahamas. I don't know what's happening. That's what would happen. Oh, one time we all went to Hawaii 
This is just a funny story. Nothing to learn here. Just funny. Uh, Sandy's family and my family went to Hawaii together. We went to Maui. <laughs> the last day we were there, we rented a paddleboard. So I get on the paddleboard and paddleboarding around like crazy. I mean, I grew up uh, clearly boating a, a ton, a canoeing, kayaking, water skiing, jet skiing. I'm super familiar with water in that capacity. I'm not super familiar with the ocean, but a paddle, no problem for me. Tom gets on the paddleboard, paddles around. We, Tom and I take turns paddling the kids around on the paddleboard forever. We have a great time. And then Sandy goes, well, I want to do it. So Tom goes, okay, and just puts her on it. <laughs> She's backwards on the paddleboard. She's holding the paddle backwards and she's paddling the paddle backwards. And I say to Tom, did you tell her how to paddle or anything? And he went, no, I just put her on it and gave her the paddle. And I was like, well, does she, did she ever grow up paddling anything? He was like, no, she grew up in Boston. No, she never paddled anything. And I went, well, you may want to tell her because we're on the ocean and it's really windy. So she keeps getting farther and farther and farther and she's just going literally spinning in circles so i say to tom hey man you may want to go get her i mean like she's not she's not moving forward she's spinning in circles and the wind is just blowing around she he kept going oh no she's fine she's fine so she's like the size of like a toy soldier she's that far away and i go Tom, you better fucking go get her. She was going like around the cove, like out into the Pacific Ocean at this point. He had to swim. <laughs> he swam. I'm not joking, like half a mile to get her and get on the paddleboard and paddle her back in. <laughs> she was just paddling backwards, just going in complete circles. Her bathing suit's oh all God. askew. You know how she's so sloppy. Every time she got her tankinis like half up on one side, she's panicking. And I was like, did you ever think like, hey, anybody come get me? She was like, no, I just kept thinking if I just keep paddling. I was like, but you paddled on one side only with the paddle backwards and you're on the, on the paddleboard backwards. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> it was one of the funniest moments I will never forget. Oh my God. I thought Tom would have just, she would have ended up in China. Tom would have just let her drift out into the Pacific. The Navy would have had to go get her. She was so far out, I couldn't believe it. We talk about the set still today. He was like, Sandy, you should thank Leanne because I would have just let you, <laughs> just let you go. All right. Maybe she's not she's sailing not with sailing Birch. She's not going to be sailing with Birch. They can sail together, but it would be interesting. Off I mean, to the sunset. But. Bert <laughs> sailing in college, apparently. He won his college regatta, which he told me all about, which sounded suspect at best. But um, anyway, that's a pretty, pretty, uh, that's what, what'd you call it? A positive fixed mentality? Yeah. <laughs> I'm positive that I'm not in that fixed mentality. I'm positive. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he and Sandy should be going yeah. anywhere together. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So what can we oh conclude boy. about this book? I like it. I recommend it. I definitely like yeah. it and recommend it as well. I do too. I want to continue with my kids, even if they're resistant. Well, I think I I'm, actually really, I I'm sorry to no, cut you off. No, I really like what you had said about having them read it themselves a little bit, like mm -hmm. one chapter or whatever. Um, maybe I do need to like go through and evaluate because I was just doing it with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of experiencing it with them. And maybe that's not the best way to do it. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it that way. Uh, what I decided I would but that's do a great idea. is just because they have summer reading. They don't want to read a book. 
You know, they that's another piece of it. Like my friend that's book clubbing, I think that's a great idea. But I'm sure, mm-hmm. I mean, George's got three novels to read this summer. Isla's got a novel to read. And, you know, reading for Isla, she'd rather stick nails in her eyes. So what am I going to do? Say, hey, how about read, read this, this entire book? Yeah. No, but I think finding that chapter and having Georgia read it. And, you know, excuse me, something Kristen said after that made a lot of sense, not just with this book, but with parenting in general. Sitting side by side with your kid and having conversation yeah. is so non-confrontational. Yeah, I've always that's heard the that car. having yeah. by the car. Yeah, yeah that's the car is brilliant. Car. Yeah, that's where ours. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another reason why carpooling is a bad idea. <laughs> Yet another reason <laughs> yes. because yeah, you get like all the gold in the car, especially when they're mm-hmm. when, when they're the back, in the back seat. seat. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That's yeah, yeah, fantastic. yeah. It is awesome. So yeah, the side by side that. I thought that was a really good tip for parents. Mm-hmm. Even, even I don't know that they've, I think they're coming out with a book about uh, small conversations you have with your kids that are about big subjects, but little small conversations. But she was saying in the car is the place to have them. It's one of the yeah. best places because you can go, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have an example of her conversation, but mm-hmm. something about even drugs or sex it's, or. Yeah. yeah, it all just happens in the car. Yeah. And thank God in LA we spend most of our lives in the yeah. car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. That is one good thing about summer. We yeah. haven't really been in the car much. Have uh, you? Yeah. You have. I drive to school every single Why? day. Why? Because Max is camp counselor. Oh, that's right. Camp counselor. So tell him he needs to learn how to hitchhike. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Uber. We were trying. Uh, He's having no part of that. Oh, yeah. He didn't like Uber. He's terrified of Uber. He's really? terrified of Uber. Oh, my God. Yeah. Even with an adult, like he won't speak. He gets really annoyed if you speak. He's like, he's terrified. It's hysterical. Why? I don't know. Terrified. He is so funny. He is so quirky. He is an interesting, <laughs> unique yes. kid. All of our, all of us have interesting, unique yes. kids. And and I know every parent thinks their kid is interesting and unique. But I think if you met our kids, you'd go, wow, that's an interesting <laughs> and unique child. <laughs> All right? I don't think you... <laughs> I don't think it's up for negotiation. <laughs> or you think they're weird. Uh, yeah, or the, or you may think they're weird. Yeah, yeah. Isla is kind of weird, but yeah. in the best way. <laughs> well, thanks for reading this. Yeah, and thanks discussing. for suggesting it. It's really great. Yeah. It was really yeah. great. I'm really glad too. And I never would have found mm-hmm. it if I hadn't met Kristen. So thank you, yes. Jocelyn, for bringing Kristen on board. And our next book club book I announced in last week, in this week's... Um, Uh, intro but it's rabbit which is an autobiography of miss pat and we've all already read it and i am dying to discuss it i am dying to discuss it too (sighs) because it was it was great and i just suggested it to someone else who also emailed me was like i read the whole book in one day yeah i could not stop reading the book it is an amazing uh horrible story um and very uh has a very good ending i guess but wow i can't wait to discuss it so read rabbit definitely the autobiography of miss pat and um come listen while we discuss that for our next book club thanks for showing up every week (laughs) 